this podcast will be available when it's ready. When it's ready? When it's ready. I'm just going to delay it a little bit for no well, reason. Well, well, that's what you do, right? Is when it's it's obviously not ready. That was that that's the thing that we kind of really prided ourselves on in this podcast is when we announced it. You know, it wouldn't be available until it was ready, despite a very cool opening teaser trailer that we released. I think that you know, if I cared more about, well, probably anything in life. Uh, what would be fun would just to be to make a community post with a with a full yellow graphic and be like, hey everybody, I know that we said we we're gonna release this, um, you know, before we got back from break, but actually, it's gonna be a week late <laughs> because I mean that's that's what's happening. We should just keep delaying it over the course of a year. That's just so that you don't have to play more video games. So neither of us have to play more video games. We should just have this be the 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 ultimate podcast. This is the final, this is the podcast. final episode. It just never gets released. Because no one will ever hear the words I'm saying. Because once it's out, it's going to basically save humanity. It's going to change video games forever and it will be the next evolution of what video games are. I mean, this would be such a great podcast to have during a pandemic because it's like, you know, I don't know, choose your own adventure. It's, it's, it's deep. Yeah, it's you can choose up, whatever people. episode, you know. It's lots there. There's lots of variety. No matter what life path you took in life, it's all going to resonate with you. Dude, Nick, uh, I don't know how much longer we want to string out this uh, metaphor or analogy. I think we can actually use both in this situation, but... We never used like or as. That's a, that's that's, a simile. That's a simile, you fucking... But no, I was trying to get a like sure. or as in there so that it could be a simile. So that we could get the EGOT. This podcast is like cyberpunk. It's okay. <laughs> there we go. That's a simile. Congratulations. I did it. Eh. Similes are actually uh, the worst literary, literary device because they're the easiest. And yeah, because if you do anything, it's if you like take this. if you do anything it's the very... easy way, like Cyberpunk and CD Projekt Red did, it just doesn't get a lot of praise. Do you know? Okay, so I saw uh, there's there's a website that basically uh, it's just an aggregator of all other websites and outlets game of the years. Oh, okay. And, and uh-huh. over and over like the last ten years, they just they've tracked all of them and they've like done a game of the year, game of the year, where because it's just an aggregate, right? Uh huh. And looking at the stats that are coming in for 2020, there's something like 30 outlets or people or websites. I think maybe it was 14. It was like 14 or 30. I know those are very different, but <laughs> it's it's it. The point is, that it's on the board. Uh, that the, there's been there's been people heralding Cyberpunk 2077 as their game of the year. In a year with The Last of Us and Hades and like Alex. Alex and I don't People know. like Ghost of Tsushima? Yeah, I still think they're wrong, but you know what? Everyone's entitled to their own opinions. People are people are saying Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven is the game of the year, and uh, I wish that they were on this show so they can sit here and explain to me or you, Nick, why. Because, yeah. dude, I know, I know that we're here. We're gonna make some jokes. We're gonna talk about how there's stuff about Cyberpunk that we like. There's stuff about Cyberpunk we don't like. But to give this game any type of universal or unilateral praise feels incorrect. Yeah, I just don't know that it holds a candle to being like. There's nothing about the game that stands out as 
this is game of the year material other than the hype train of its what 10 year development marketing department of the year marketing department i mean honestly if they weren't getting sued they'd probably be killing it marketing wise you know like they're they're they, they'd be the game so good exactly lawyers couldn't handle it anymore what was it, like nine year development cycle got announced Did what it really take nine years is that no, really true? i think it might be 2012 that it was released so maybe eight years that's, I, when did the E3 hype really happen? Though I feel like no. The when hype when the first until until like 2017 is when like people went when like, the Whoa. first teaser came out for Cyberpunk because I was I was bought in I was like that was in the in the time before Cyberpunk was cool man and uh, it it was hitting me in the in a moment where I was like the people who made The Witcher three are making a game based on a Cyberpunk tabletop role playing game that's a first person like thing or at least that's what we had speculated i'm like that sounds extremely like my jam i am a hundred percent hyped and the thing that made me confident in that 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 uh i guess that perspective was their 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 leading phrase at the end of the trailer that says available when it's ready i was like perfect you know they don't want to rush it it's just going to be on them and you know what there's going to be plenty of other games that come out between now and then and by the time it's going to come out it's going to be like like a like a kiss from the heavens and it came out and it wasn't that the thing uh, I, I, I have i have if i may i have a little bit of a weirder relationship with the game because uh there were cd project red was pretty stingy when it came to uh i mean that's they can do whatever they want with giving out copies of the game to the press but it always strikes me as a red flag when the embargo for a game versus like what you're allowed to show in that like initial review is like very limited it raises a red flag to me or i'm like oh that sounds like they don't believe in it and the big red flag for cyberpunk 2077 is the initial reviews for the game could not run any footage that was captured during the reviewers uh, like playthrough of the game. They had to use pre-existing trailers and assets that CD Projekt Red has released via Night City Wire, all of the trailers, that 40-minute gameplay thing they did in E3, which some of that stuff isn't even in the game. So it's like there's potential for even day one reviews to have disingenuous information present in the game but like you know every outlet scrambles like okay we'll make it work because this is going to be the single biggest traffic game of the year so we have to and then you know it released type i even td'd a let's play for it. i'm sorry i directed like this branded let's play for it and the the person who was playing was like oh i really love this game that might be my game of the year and i was like oh awesome cool very cool i'm into that and then I saw the Let's Play, and I tried not to pay too much attention to it because, you know, I don't want to get spoiled. I'm still, like, two days removed from when the game actually came you out. You were excited for it. I was. I was very excited for it. Then I finally loaded in, and, you know, I, I think that that game shows very well in that first... I'd say it, from its prologue leading all the way up to when you hit the title card... I think the game has a strong showing um, outside of some gr like glitches and stuff. I was like, okay, that's kind of funny. My dick popped out here or whatever. Like, you know, I customized my dick, so I want to see it, but 
thankfully a glitch allowed me to see it. I mean, it's great that it took me literally, mm, I don't know, 10 minutes into the game to have multiple comedy graphic bugs. Like, I thought... You know, when you come into a game like this, and the reason why they don't do something like that is because I, reviews would have just been like, hey, look at all this funny stuff that happened. People would have, you know, immediately latched onto it being a joke, which happened as soon as it came out. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't reading too much into the media surrounding the game, but what I was doing was just hearing stuff on Twitter from you, from other people about like, oh, you know, it's kind of buggy. And I'm like, how buggy could it really be? Like, it's a game <laughs> in 2020 that's AAA. Like, okay, maybe there's some clipping issues. Spoiler, yeah. there's a fuck ton of clipping issues. Maybe maybe there's, you know, just just some funny render errors, you know? Like, I'm sure that, that, it can, that it's not that bad. And then I load into the game, and I've seen more polished source engine mods. <laughs> It's pretty rough from the get-go. Once you load into, again, I still think that I, I, for the purpose of this, my initial playthrough, my probably my only playthrough to be honest, was the nomad life path, and I was like, okay, off to a strong start. I'm, I'm meeting Jackie. I'm going across the border. Very interesting interaction there, and then you get in a night city, and then the thing that made my my stomach flip, insert like just over and over and over was the montage that plays when you arrive in the Night City. Because it's like, oh, I'm going as a nomad, someone who's lived outside of Night City, and I'm getting introduced to Night City via a montage I can't play through? Like, I'm seeing and meeting characters who the game is telling me are important just because the game says they are, and I'm having a good time with Jackie dancing in the club, carrying out contracts as a low-level like street thug or whatever. And it's all happening via a cinematic that just kind of flash-forwards to, hey, you made it. You, you're a, a kind of a player in Night City now. Now you have one big job. Like, in what world did someone decide that that was an okay way of saying, hey, welcome to Night City, you know, the place you're going to be spending the rest... like? I think had that montage at the beginning of the game been a more playable thing, I think it would have saved the game for me because I think... What are you talking about? That just would have made the game longer. Well, no, I think you trim in some other later respects, but I think that just... I, I think that that initial montage was just an indicator of like, oh, no, this is a sign that... Like, it immediately evoked, like, that's someone telling me and, you know, not showing me. Uh, you know, it's someone saying, hey, this is important. You matter now. Whereas I think a, a more wise game or a game with more time would have said, here, you get to choose what early gang you're going to do missions for. And you're going to slowly become a player in Night City. You're doing that thing where you're just like having a wish list of rebuilding a game when you see problems with it. But the thing you, is, I feel like you do this often. Well, you're like, here's well, this thing. And like it's early better trailers, early trailers use that montage in what makes it look like, oh, that's going to be a thing that you play. Through. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> but it's not. So it just feels like, oh, I got the rug pulled out from under me because I don't, nothing looks like it. There's a scene where you throw a gun at someone's face and then punch them. And I'm like, oh, you can do that in the game? That's cool. You can't. <laughs> you can't do a lot you in Night You can't do a lot of things. Which, you know, I when I look at an open world game, I know that a lot of people are like The Witcher. And that's why they like CD Projekt Red. And that's why they're excited for Cyberpunk on some level, right? I'm still someone who's like GTA 4. <laughs> okay. Or 5. I, uh, or G- kind of inter- GTA 4 is definitely better than 5. 
I think five is a better game that I have more fun with. I think four and five are pretty similar in what they do for open world games. And four is a better like, story. I think, yeah, you like four because of the story. I think five might have a little bit of fat, but that's a whole different conversation. I think that if you combine them, that's still what I look for for like a proper right. open world game that like built story and setting and side missions and does everything. And I, I felt that I was constantly comparing Night City to Los Angeles. Or anywhere well, else that I've been... It is L.A. It's not L.A. Or anywhere else that I've been to in a gaming world mm-hmm. where I learn the city. Like, I think that I have a better understanding of the Simpsons neighborhood in the <laughs> Simpsons Hidden Run yeah. than I do of Night City. That city just doesn't exist to me. I don't know the difference delineating lines between neighborhoods. I don't want to spend time driving around back and forth, not just because the driving is absolutely horrible and the radio is also horrible, because I just want to fast travel because I don't care about the city. I don't have an attachment to the people. It Nothing feels lived in. And I know that's part of the thing that they wanted to sell. It's like, oh, look, you can go like... I don't know, buy food if you want or go do what you want in Night City. But really, there's only a small amount of vendors that do a small amount of things. And do you ever need to visit them? No. The best weapons drop from combat. You need to go to a ripper dock if you want to like get modifications. You, why would you ever need to buy? Did you ever eat a single consumable item that you picked up 10,000 of during Absolutely the game? Absolutely not. Yeah, me either. The game, like... It, I, it's like a Fallout game. I think I was expecting an immersive sim like Prey, where the game would kind of adapt to how you play, and you could do like, oh, I wonder if I could do this, and then the game would let you do that. But what I got was a Fallout game, which is okay because i like fallout games i just you know i thought i was gonna get something a little bit different but to your point i i think that above all they really build night city as a living breathing city with uh npcs that you know like you could in oblivion or skyrim every npc has their own actual schedule that you could if you wanted to stock them and see like oh this person goes to the grocery store at this time on this day oh are they having an affair with this person like you could do that in elder scrolls oblivion in 2006 probably in morrowind i never played morrowind uh, but you could do that in skyrim so i was expecting at least some level of like I think comparison to that, I'm like, okay, at least there's going to be like cool things that make the city feel alive, which I'm a huge sucker for. I want to be immersed. And it's just, it's lifeless. And and like you said, I didn't remember anything about Night City's layout. Um, I, I think even with GTA 4 and GTA 5, I think Rockstar, even Red Dead Redemption 2, honestly, Rockstar is very good at making locations feel authentic, lived in, and signposted in a way where I'm like, oh, I know that if I make a right over here, it's going to take me here. So if there's an alley here, I can take this shortcut all the way through. And so, like, I just knew that innately the way you would driving around L.A. You can navigate a GTA game or a Rockstar game, in this example, by feel or by sight or by learning your environment like you could in real life when you drive a car yeah. and are a human. I could not get anywhere in night city without my gps what about the mini map though (laughs) okay the mini map not only is the map also a pain point for me because it just doesn't make a lot of sense the mini map is awful atrocious i've never 
If they would have, zoomed... I've never complained about a mini map before. If they would have zoomed, I, I have two complaints about the mini map. Really, if they would have zoomed out the mini map fifty percent, mm -hmm. so you could have been able to see what see turn you're about to make. Turn you need to make. <laughs> how how did they not? They had to have done gone through so much QA testing. How was that not an important point of feedback? You know how many turns I missed in Cyberpunk? Every single turn. Every single, I got to the point where I was like, oh, I'm going on my mission in my cool motorcycle. I'm going to slow down when I get to the intersection to see which way I have to turn. Got it. All right. Now I'm zooming again. Like, that's bad. Yeah. It's really bad. <laughs> what, what's your other complaint? Also, d dude, the, the auto waypoint, like, like. However they however they determine routes in this game. Oh yeah. The auto route changing just to give you like the shortest path to your destination is also I'm convinced just programmed wrong. Yeah. It doesn't show you the right road always. It changes for no apparent reason. If you take two steps off a road, it'll give you a different route. It's like actually using Apple Maps in real life. It's <laughs> so bad. Uh, I, the the driving is bad in all experiences, and God forbid if you're not on a motorcycle, motorcycles you have to are the best be way in to, a car. The best way to navigate easily, dude. It just seems and, like, but the, even then, like the physics of drive. I can drive a motorcycle, and I'm not talking about suddenly t posing on my motorcycle <laughs> mid drive, dude. I t pose on my motorcycle, butt ass naked, driving through a tunnel for some reason. I was like, okay, that's cool. Multiple times, I would just ram into the back of other cars, keep going, lose zero speed, watch the other car shoot up into the air, and I'd be like, <laughs> well, that's silly. Or then I'd be like, hmm, I wonder what happens if I just drive straight into a wall at 100 miles per hour. You know what the answer is? Nothing. Nothing happens. Your vehicle doesn't get damaged. You don't get damaged. You don't fall off the bike. To be fair, if you do that in a motorcycle, you do get flung off your motorcycle. <sighs> it's so... How is it missing basic things? And what is it taking away from those basic things to have instead like if i can be like okay you know what the mini map is atrocious but at least they did x and point to something else that they did really well like if i if i'm trying to think about things that they did well they have interesting skill tree builds because i know that you can legitimately play that game in like 20 different ways that fit your play style or what you want best that shouldn't be a point of praise. That should be a bare normal game for a game that's followed Fallout 2. Like, like if you have a skill tree that should make sense that things, you know, work when you use that skill tree. Yeah, and it's not like a Sekiro skill tree or like, you know, other just bad skill trees. It's like, like their skill tree does work and has interesting unlocks. Well, the thing that's weird, though, is I, I kind of disagree with that because there is legitimately... Uh, there's many skills that just don't make sense. Like there's a skill where you are undetectable when you're swimming underwater. Yeah, why? When would that ever come into play? I, I was underwater exactly once in that entire game for a specific underwater story mission, and that is it. I did the thing where I was like, I wonder if I can swim in this game, and I jumped in the water, and then I proceeded to spend 30 minutes trying to figure out how to get out because I was like, oh, no, I'm trapped, and I haven't saved. This is bad. And eventually I found a stray ladder, but man, but, but it really does feel like in, in a CD project red had intended night city to be this living, breathing thing that is hostile, but not hostile to player enjoyment. It's supposed to be hostile in that, you know, uh, the thing that's super evocative to me is 
when you first do, you know, your, your post montage, you're in night city and you're driving around the city at night with Jackie in your car, Jackie's driving you around and, um, you, you learn that Watson is under lockdown, right? And you pull up to the reason why Watson is under lockdown because there's a couple of gangers who have decided to go in a shootout in the middle of the street. And then you see Max Tech get called in. And it's it's like, oh, shit, that's what Night City is like. Like, you know, if you act if you act too out of turn, the corporations will like send a hit squad after you, you know, like in GTA, it's the cops Uh, in, in this game. I imagine that it would have been the Max Tech if you get that five-star rating. You know, they they helicopter in and then they bring out their genetically cyber-enhanced soldiers to take you out. Um, and that's not quite the case. And and a thing that Austin Walker at the uh, Waypoint podcast pointed out that I think was super weird is that uh, the game has a not only from like a like a, a world building immersive sim uh, standpoint does it just kind of completely not really understand what it's trying to do and doesn't really facilitate any ways to give you this thing that was promised but also in its ideologies of cyberpunk as a whole because early on in the game again in that same scene where max tech takes out the gangers jackie says something like Hey, you know those guys had it coming. You know, if you if you act out of turn, they'll they'll do that or whatever. And I'm like, well, hold hold on. You kind of you're kind of praising them because you're praising the Max Tech, this like evil entity that is being used by corporations to just silence people who decide to do something, uh, which is you know very cyberpunk. And so that's okay for Jackie to have that opinion. But initially, I'm like, oh, that doesn't really make sense for someone who grew up, like, on the streets of Night City. Whatever, maybe he's just, like, one of those cop lovers or whatever, which is okay to have characters like that in your cyberpunk story. But then, later on in the game, there is a line that V utters when you're helping, I think it's Rivers? Mm-hmm. I think it's Rivers, and he says, oh, well, and, and someone calls... Rivers is such a name that every time I just, I just called the guy Rivers Cuomo in my head, <laughs> and I'm like, you can't name a character Rivers and... <laughs> I, I forget the exact context, but someone comments on your relationship with Rivers and how you're continuing to work with him. And V straight up says, well, not all cops are bastards. I I was like, oh, this game doesn't know what cyberpunk is. Like, it's okay that it doesn't, but man, calling your game Cyberpunk 2077 really undercuts the fact that this game has no perspectives on like a cyberpunk world at all. But your character literally says, not all cops are bastards. Like, come on. Really? I mean, that's just part of the moment, you know? No, but like a street-level thug who actively is like, oh, man, we got to stay away from the cops. Yeah, how many people did you kill in <laughs> your playthrough? Because I probably wasted, I don't know, 10,000 people. And let me tell you, all the cops in Cyberpunk 2077 are bastards. Because you make one little mistake. You, you make one little... Uh, they start shooting. You 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 fishtail into a, a pedestrian. We were like, oh, they definitely survived. And then you just get a wanted star. But it's not like GTA where you can just like, oh, I'll just drive away and it'll be fine, or I'll run away and it'll be fine. The cops will just spawn behind you and like for you're just like it's almost a failure state where you need to reload saves. Where it's like these cops just keep spawning. There's no way I can get away from them because when I'm in a, a hiding spot, there's clearly no cops around. They just spawn on the rooftops. They spawn behind me. I'm like I have to kill them all or and then get more wanted stars. And it's just it doesn't make any sense. 
It doesn't make any sense. The cop system doesn't make any sense in this game. So much stuff in this game doesn't make sense. And you know what? I'm doing a lot of complaining. I played Cyberpunk for thirty something. I hours. played it for I played it for fifty. That's that's more there's, than I did. There's stuff I like in the game. But I, there's I, more that I didn't. I played all the major side quests. I finished the story. I watched some extra endings. I enjoyed it in the sense that I liked it more than the Outer Worlds, but not as much as Fallout 4, I guess, because all those games kind of fit in the same box. Yeah, I'd rather play Fallout 4, which is saying a lot. <laughs> that game is also, like, five years old now, if not more, right? But Fallout 4 at least has, like, hey, if you do this, you're going to piss off this faction. Like, there, there's, I feel like in Fallout 4, there's actual role-playing, whereas in this, nothing that you do did or chose really affects any outcome because there are options where your life path that you chose will come into play where you unlock a new dialogue option to appeal to someone's like Ooh. nomad sense. I'm so excited I chose Corpo so every hour I can chose the Corpo dialogue option and that's the entire choice of my backlog story. Cool. Thanks game. Really fucking awesome for an RPG. But it doesn't even let you do anything. Like it doesn't let you like oh when I'm trying to join the Aldecaldos they're like Oh, you know, V, you're just a night city like rat. You don't really understand how we operate. And then you're like, oh, well, that's not true at all. I'm a, I'm a nomad. And so you choose that nomad life path. And they're like, oh, I didn't know that about you. You still don't get it, though. And it's like, what? What's going on? Why did I even choose my life path? Why does that matter? What did they have to crunch to make this game actually come out in time? Like, what was it like six months ago where it was so, like, broken or bad or didn't work? Because the game still feels like that it needs two years of development. I mean, it's it's not every game that gets pulled from the PlayStation Store completely, right? Like, the game is just incomplete. And from a lot of the CD Projekt Red, uh, the investor call that they had, the investor said, well, why did the game release that way? And they were like, well, we had planned to fix the PS4 and the Xbox One versions of the game, but... We just didn't get around to it, and Sony and Microsoft acted in good faith and said, okay, they'll, they'll fix it on day one so we don't have to worry about it. But obviously that was a mistake on their part. Um, to be clear, I played on PC and Joey played on PC. Mm -hmm. and It was fine. It was the, arguably pretty. The game, I think the game is beautiful. I think the game looks uh, gorgeous. I wouldn't call it beautiful and gorgeous. Uh, I think, gorgeous is like playing playing fucking Sekiro or, or, or I goddamn think, I think the lighting, or, the, the ray trace lighting looks incredible when you're in Night City. The lighting looks cool because it has ray tracing. Everything else Every, looks Which is a very fine. unfair thing to say as far as like, oh. Hey, everybody. I my $2,000 graphics card makes the lights look nice. The I game got a is bad, beautiful. I got a badass PC. It looks great. But like... Art direction-wise, like I think that'd be a thing that I was like, oh, at least the game will look kind of cool. It's kind of a hodgepodge of just different cyberpunk movies and stories where I'm like, nothing particularly looks that great. It's all like just weird, uh, like Asian fetishization of like. Well, no one in Los Angeles speaks English properly. You're either you either have some kind of Latinx dialect yeah. or you are straight off the boat from an Asian country and there is no one you, between. No one just sounds just like they're from fucking California. Every single person of color in the game has an accent, a stereotypical accent. The Japanese, don't they don't do the, the L thing. Uh, they It's all like pronounced through R's, which I'm like, 
what this game feels like it was made in like 2020 the game the year that johnny silverhand exists like this feels like such an outdated like 80s take of cyberpunk they've all been in la for how long why don't they sound like they're just american I mean, it, it's <laughs> it's not even that. Like, it, I would understand, you know, every now and then you come across an accent or whatever. But like the fact that every Asian character has that that affectation, the fact that every Latinx character has that affectation, I was like, CD Projekt Red, you have an office in LA. <laughs> like, what are you it's doing? It's like they went to English as a second language classrooms, and they're like, hey, everybody, we need to cast voice actors <laughs> for all the minorities. Can you come with us? It's it's baffling, which only furthers like these people don't know what cyberpunk is because like all of this stuff is the least cyberpunk thing imaginable. Uh, but of course, there's Japanese text that makes no sense in its mix and hodgepodge of English letters, like the Roman alphabet combined with a lot of like Japanese hiragana and katakana. It's like, oh, this is just like a weird. You just think it looks cool, which I, like you can make things that look cool, but at a certain point, it's just like a weird fetishization of cultures. I'm Mexican. I've never had an ofrenda, even though the ofrenda moment was kind of touching. That was like maybe the only emotional standout point. But I was like, this feels like a thing where they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, all, all Latinx people do this. I was like, mm, well, not really, dude. <laughs> Man, I, uh, I wish... I think that, you know, it's, it's very easy to be like, well, I wish this game was more. And I think that it... I... I even feel a little bit disingenuous saying that because I came into Cyberpunk, I think, with proper expectations and my expectations were not met. I think I can't imagine. I know people who don't normally play games like this, who don't even normally play AAA games in general. Like they do that few and far between, but they were hyped up about Cyberpunk Mm -hmm. from the, the news on the Internet, from the bus stop ads from everything in between they're like oh from dude keanu I'm, reeves from keanu, keanu reeves is selling me about going to a cyberpunk world johnny silverhand's a bad character johnny silverhand is awful he's a bad person which i know is his character but he's also just a bad character he's a bad character a bad person in a way that i'm like why would you ever want to tell a story about a character like this because he doesn't have a redemption arc he's kind of the same throughout I, 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 you touched on something a little earlier as far as like, you know, this game didn't live up to your very small expectations of what it was. And I'm fortunate that my expectations were small because if I would have come into this with much higher expectations, I might have been like devastated or just upset. But I came in thinking there's no way this can be amazing. And, you know, I, I guess I was right, but also boo. Yeah, th- that sucks. But, um, like, I, I think in retrospect, after having poured 50 hours into the game, I kind of, like, took a moment to, like, honestly, I wish this was less. I wish they did just a linear game. I wish this wasn't an open-world game because I think that would force them to commit to the main story path, which I think is actually genuinely interesting, and the occasional offset. I think you should meet one... I think every every side character, like... Um, like uh, Pan Am or Judy or Rivers um, or Carrie. I think they're all genuinely good storylines, like very interesting storylines that I think belong in this game. And I think for the most part, the main path of the game is very good. But it's when you get into the all the extra stuff. I'm like, I was doing like the cyber psycho stuff. Where oh, I'm dude, like, why? That's I, after like I I 
uh, non-lethally put down my 10th cycle, I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I'm just going to find a gun that's better in two seconds, which is another big issue of mine is the fact that you're always going through your damn inventory to get something that's a little bit better because it's just like so much loot drops and I'm like, oh, this is all just always a little bit better. And at a certain point, I was like, okay, this is detracting from my fun. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to use weapons that I know are statistically worse, but it's going to be fine because I can just kind of strong, strong arm my way through it. Like, it's just... There's just I wish there was less in the game. I wish I had less scope and because I think that would be a more focused experience from beginning to end. I wish they had better scopes. All their aim down sight the options are pretty bad. <laughs> and the, don't even get me started with the barrels. <laughs> uh you, you, we touched a little bit on Johnny Silverhand and I when he was first announced I always just like I mean Keanu Reeves is cool like I like John Wick or whatever but he's not a great actor. Like John Wick works because he doesn't say a lot of things. That's what's cool about him. Um, like also, I don't know, Neo. Same with Neo. So, uh... He's kind of stoic, which is kind of cool because I think it, I think Keanu is good at you know action stuff. Um, maybe not particularly portraying human emotion, but whatever. So when they said that, hey, Johnny Silverhand, a, a canon character in the tabletop role-playing game as like this revolutionary uh, anarchist punk rocker is going to be played by Keanu Reeves, I was like, oh, I don't believe that at all, like for a second. And I had my beliefs completely cemented the second you meet Johnny Silverhand, who is just the worst human being I've ever met. I was like, I'd rather hang out with Yorinobu uh, Arasaka than hang out a second with Johnny because at least there's some like weird, I don't know, goals that Yorinobu has. Like Johnny just doesn't make sense as a character. And he's obsessed. He's like the he's he's the Uncle Rico in Napoleon Dynamite, who like looks back on the past. And was like, man, if only Coach would have put me in in fourth quarter, things would be so much different. Like he just struck me as an old dude, which you're supposed to, but it's just like pathetic the entire time. But he's cool, right? He's got a massive cock. It's how he says, "I got a mess. I got a massive cock." V. Someone clip that. Um, yeah, I mean that's I, that's kind of all Johnny's got going for him. Well, I guess I, I, right. I like, do think that what like the story quest, like his, his. I genuinely almost reconsidered my perspective on Johnny once I did his side quest stuff with V, where you revisit the the area where his grave is, and Johnny realizes that his grave is an unmarked grave, and it's just like this weird existential question of everything, all my music all of the crazy shit I did, all of the terrible things I did as a human being amounted to an empty, nameless grave where I'm like, oh, are they going to do something interesting with this? That's kind of cool. And then you meet up with, uh, uh, what's her name? Rogue. You meet up with Rogue, and you kind of had this weird uh, quasi-romance with her where... By the way, Rogue? Whew, fine. She looks pretty good for being like, what, 100 and... Yeah, Rogue's like 100 years old. 120 oh, years old? Baby. <laughs> um, but I, I, I appreciate that because that was actually a thing that felt like an actual cyberpunk experience is this AI, not an AI, this, this consciousness is living inside of V's head and doing his best to try and take over, but also like, man, I wish things were different back then. Like every, I think that's the thing that echoes through 
with every human on earth is. I wish things could have been different. So how much more so if you have a second chance at life by inhabiting someone else's body? Like, I think that's genuinely interesting. That nugget is cool, right? Like, even the idea that, you know, Johnny Silver has in your head because of fucked up tech and is now taking up your body. Like, that little nugget, that seed, I believe in. That's good! Punk. I, think that, I think that that is a cool idea that I haven't really heard of or explored. That, like could go a lot of places but i didn't like v very much v because sucks. v's like just a shitty person i mean i also played him as literally a mass murderer so that didn't help but like also like i know that your protagonist is supposed to be a shell but as soon as you give a voice to him and also maybe i just really didn't like v's voice actor <laughs> i thought the voice actor was fine i th- but like fine but like nothing exciting like I mean, it, it, it's not unfair to make a comparison, but when you're going from the voice actor of Geralt to this, it just feels like a weird, like, oh, you're going to find someone else? Which feels mean to say, but like... No, like, I mean, it, it, like the, the person has no personality aside. It, it, that's what I feel like. Even though you're supposed to give the personality, I don't think there's a lot of personality there. Johnny's personality also sucks. So you're just two bad people the whole game. Even if you want to play, I don't even think you can properly play as like a as like your new Vegas smooth talker zero combat person. Yeah, I feel like V's got very little in the way of chill. I think the the most wholesome, like good characters are the. I would say three side characters, not Carrie. Carrie's kind of a shithead. Uh, the three Pan Am, Judy, and Rivers, I think, are genuinely more interesting characters than V or Johnny Silverhand yeah. by a country mile. And, and that's the thing that feels like this game. Again, I don't know the story behind the making of this game. I can't wait. I wish I did. I can't wait I, to learn it. Dude, yeah. But it really feels like maybe the reason why Cyberpunk 2077 took so long to make, why it was delayed so much, was that maybe they had to restart the game. Like maybe the scope of the game changed multiple times in development because that's not unheard of. Games change completely. Like, oh, the game used to look like this. Nah, it doesn't look like that at all anymore. And I'm wondering if that's the case because I feel like the main quest and the the side characters like Carrie, uh, Pan Am, Rivers, and Judy are all part of this small mainstream, like a streamlined experience that is the campaign that feels like it works better if you just trim everything else out of it. Like, I don't, like, as cute as the Delamain stuff was, which was a kind of a pain in the ass after a while, um, and all the other side quests, like, these are the only ones that actually matter. Yeah, they only built four side quests, and everything else is, like, tacked on super superficial stuff. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't even meet the Valentinos. Like, I was just like, I didn't care. I don't care about any of this. I, I hung out with I the... I probably killed some on the street when there was, like, a like a ambush going on. I'm like, hold on, let me help the cops real quick. Pop, pop, pop. But, like, they play such an important part in Jackie's life. So you think that that would come into play at some point because, you know, at Jackie's funeral, at his ofrenda, you have Valentinos who are there. So it's just like, what? I'm, how am I rubbing elbows with these and you're not introducing me? That's like RPG 101 right there. It's like rub character, rub elbows with interesting characters and then the cool adventures follow. That just doesn't happen here. Wakako. She's interesting for like two seconds. 
Makako gives you some side quest. I guess she's also in the main quest. She's and also cool, I guess. But like, why does every character in the game have fifty different cars to sell V? You're really you're 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 just making me more upset because you're realizing all the other things that I could complain about if I wanted to just. What about how does everyone have V's phone number, and how is it that they all call over each other at the the thing that. I think infuriated me is like I'm in the middle of a like oh man this is a quest moment you know it's a it's a super tender moment like oh Jackie's gonna die or whatever and you just get a phone call from whoever inhabits the Arasaka region it was like hey I heard your V I heard you're pretty good at what you do and then the the cop lady calls you at the same time so you have three different audio dialogues playing over each other at the same I was like you just ruined what little of good is in your game how do you do that? How does that happen? I know that that's clearly a glitch, but that's one of those gl like glitches that I, I just can't ignore because it's just I think one of the most like unforgivable sins of like that. How did that even happen? Why does everyone want to sell you a car though? They all have so many cars. <laughs> they have so many cars, so many different varying types of cars. Did you ever steal anyone's car? A couple times. I did that on the freeway once, and then I realized that it's faster if you just uh, sprint on the side of the freeway and take one of the drugs, and you could just spam, jump, sprint, and you will go faster than a car. Fun fact. I had so many like <laughs> moments in the game where I just clipped through geometry and like got stuck in like a junkyard, or the game would try and position me out of walls, and then I would just go flying hundreds of feet in the air, and I'd be like, this is just silly. This game is just silly, and not like good silly. Like I can't it's believe not a just cause I can't silly. believe this is happening right now, silly. And I know, like, I want to hear other people's opinions of like this game because I'm sure there's a bunch of people who are like, you know, what well, is a pretty fun experience. I think Johnny Silverhand was probably kind of cool. Keanu was cool. I that's okay. Fun. Like that's that's fine. That's exactly fine. But like, I feel like I need, like. What about all those people who started and then immediately stopped playing because they're like, I don't like this. Like, well, I mean, I. This is the a game that I was looking forward to for so long. So I should have been like eating up the hype and like just like, oh, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. But I was just like, why am I still playing this game? And I was just like, I just got to roll credits on this. Yeah, there's other things for you to be doing with your time. Yeah, it's just it's so strange, man. It's so strange from beginning to end. And there's just other small things that just feel you know, whenever I, the only comparison I can make is in my own field of work is if I make a video that has a flash frame of black before I transition to another bit of footage, I know that I could probably release that video and no one would actually care. But there's like this personal sense of like, well, it, I know it's not as good as it could be or as, it, as, it, as good as it should be. And this is a small thing. So I need to take time to do it. And it just feels like there's a lot of that in this game. And it's not fair for me to say, oh, it's super easy for them to fix this. But it's just say there's so many just in issues about picking up the game and pressing pause where I'm like, why does this look the way it does? Like even your, uh, what is it, your skill tree? There's five different skill trees that you can choose from with like other tabs hidden within. But the module that lets you choose what skill tree you have actually has six nodes. So there's a, a node at the bottom in the middle that I'm like, oh, is this like a skill tree that's going to unlock in the, the main game at some point? Like maybe it's like robotics or maybe I can make like mechs or something like that. And no, it's just an empty spot. It, it, honestly, it just makes me think, 
oh, this was a skill tree that was going to be in the game, but then they ran out of time. What you're so saying sounds unfair to developers. But it's in the game. Like, that's a thing visually where you're like, oh, that no, looks like, like it idea, needs to be the, something. Like the, I'm, I'm sure, like, the idea that uh, you taking, uh, you know, a minute to remove a black frame and then re-export something is not the same as a sure. full development team who has oodles of... You know how many problems this team had to be dealing with? Oh, 100%. And I'm not putting any blame on the developers at all. I'm just saying it just feels like when you release a product that looks genuine like you know if i bought i bet a lot of people who worked on this game did not want to release it like this a hundred percent i'm sure everyone not all of them i a hundred percent agree and i feel like their management and investors put way too much pressure on them because that's the spoilers that's what happened uh but it, it feels the equivalent of someone selling you uh, a car and then you kick the tires and then the tires fall off and you're like well i i was like well i mean you bought it already <laughs> It's too late now, bucko. Like, it, it just feels like, I again, time and time, it just feels like the rug got pulled out from underneath me. Cyberpunk is going to be the game that I look to to use as a punchline or just to, you know. I can't wait to deliver the Keanu Reeves cadence of, I have a massive cock. I just want to know how many takes he recorded of that. And I want to listen to them all. <laughs> because they're incredible <laughs> that's the bts that i need cdpr yeah please <sighs> man it yeah like it's 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 sad and i think that anyone who listened to us complain who's like oh i liked the game like i guess i'm happy that you are able to be less insufferable than me and like some of this stuff didn't bother you as much because i think that you're probably holistically a happier person and i'm glad that you found joy here i did find joy here i wanted I had to play a, the I game i played 50 hours that's pretty good I put a lot of time in there. There's stuff I like. I like I like most of the main quest story. I thought it was interesting. I thought I liked parts of the combat when I when I got the build the way that I wanted to do. I, I walked through the entire game in stealth mode, um, with the revolver getting headshots. And my headshot crit damage made me shoot for about ten thousand damage per headshot. So I just never was detected. Headshot everybody from the shadows, and then went in, took the stuff, and walked out. I did that a bunch, and you know it was a lot of fun because sometimes when I missed a shot and an enemy noticed me, I'm like, "Oh fuck!" And then I had to improvise. That was kind of enjoyable. Is the shooting the best shooting that exists in games? No. Is the stealth the best stealth that exists in games? Absolutely not. But like, I still had fun at parts of it in little moments. Its core gameplay is just straight up Fallout 4 or Deus Ex, Mankind Divided or Human Revolution. But I think where it differs from those games is that there really is only one way to approach a mission. It's get to the objective and get out. Whereas I think Fallout and Deus Ex have like, hey, maybe you can talk your way through this and then get you to your objective. Or maybe you can sneak your way in. And it never really feels like those are viable options in this game. I think they want to make sneaking a viable option, but it's just too difficult. It's kind of clunky, which is the issue. Um, I, I think I don't want to talk complete shit about the game because I think... Well, Nick, it's been 45 minutes. <laughs> there's one but quest... There's something else that I have to... There's one quest in the game that I genuinely loved, and I thought it was handled extremely well. And it's when you... Uh, early on in the game, when you head into the Maelstrom Nest with Jackie... And you are trying to get a chip back from the Maelstrom leader. Um, or I'm sorry, you're supposed to get a spider bot from the Maelstrom leader. And on your way there, you get commissioned by this corpo who's basically holding you hostage and saying, I'm going to murder you unless you pay with 
uh, pay for the, the bot with this chip or whatever. I thought that mission fully encapsulated what this game should have been for every mission, which is, again, a scope thing, 100%. But when you present a mission like that at the top of the game, where genuinely there are a number of different outcomes for that mission that actually play into the main storyline at the end of the game, like, I, 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 I bit into that ripe peach, and I was like, oh, this is delicious. Because what I did was, once I got approached by that corporate lady in the canal outside the Maelstrom Nest, I took the chip, and then I looked at the chip, I hacked it to remove the tracking software that was on it, and uh, I tried to do the thing where I could duplicate it too so I can pocket some of the money, but I didn't have enough RAM. Um, so I just removed the tracking software, and I walked my way through the Maelstrom Nest, which again, if you're hostile from the get-go, you can be hostile and you can take that spider bot by force, or you can just do what the story is telling you and just okay, this is kind of uncomfortable, but you're going to walk to talk to the leader. And then when you talk to the Maelstrom leader, you give him, he, he says, how do you want to pay for this? You can pay with your own money, which is very expensive, or you can pay with the chip that the, that the corpo lady gave you. And when you hand over the chip the corpo lady handed you, if you had it hacked like I did, you can say, hey, this corpo's tracking you. Uh, uh, is she in Arasaka? Something like that, yeah. They're like, oh, no, it's Militech. So like Militech is actively tracking you and they know you're here and they know that we're doing this right now. So here's your payment. Take their money. I remove the tracking software. Help me get out of here. And then Militech invades and it's a shootout between Militech and you working with the Maelstrom. And I'm like, this rules. This is so much fun. This is so cool. And the Maelstrom are helping you take on Militech. And I actually feel like they're helping. And then you realize that a person that she had hostage was just trying to get into contact with you, so he had her dealt with. And then later on in the game, when you're trying to get Johnny's band back together, one of the members is at a Maelstrom club who's being visited by the Maelstrom leader who recognizes you and remembers you and makes callbacks to choices that you made in that mission. Or I'm just like frothing at the mouth thinking, this is everything this game should have been. Like the level of interconnectedness and interweaving here is incredible and it's so much fun but it happens once yeah it, it happens once genuinely and a after that i'm like oh <laughs> like I, I again i feel like i'm a kid in a candy store saying like well why can't you do that again and like i feel like that is unfair for me to say because that's a lot of work but also like if you do it once how can you not expect a player to want more of something like that you know <laughs> it's just a game of, of, of missed expectations. That, that's all that Cyberpunk is. It's a game of massively missed expectations that shows promise in different areas and shows comic ineptitude in others. It's going to be good in two years. Fuck that. I'm not coming back. Oh, yeah. I know. I, but if imagine if you're playing it for the first time in two years and be like, I don't know why people are complaining so much. This is great. I'm sure it's going to be that. Or maybe it won't be. Who knows? Why? I mean, they made their money. Why don't they just walk away? Who's going to buy the game now that didn't well, buy it before? Uh, actually, uh, in early 2021, Joey, they're supposed to be releasing their first batch of free DLC um, the way they did with The Witcher 3. With The Witcher 3, they released 15 pieces of free DLC, uh, and then they released two expansions for The Witcher 3, which were very well regarded. And so their plan is to do, again, expansions in the scope of the stuff that they did for The Witcher 3, which are about the size of the base game already. 
Um, so the plan is to release expansions that are around the size of the main game. Uh, in How does that work, though? Because then I have to like load this expansion to save file before I finish the game. Who knows? I mean, in Witcher 3, uh, you could have beat the game and still loaded into those. And they also give you the option, if you want to roll a new character, they'll auto-level you to the level cap of the, the new expansion and just make like general choices for you if you don't want to play through a new character game. So they're pretty good about versatility when it comes to experiencing the new content. But also, I think in 2022, they're planning on releasing a multiplayer mode for the game. To do what? No one knows what it is. Oh, God. Like, but but that's the thing is when you have scope like that announced ahead of launch, that's allowed. Like Witcher Three did that. Every game now does it with season passes. But I can't help but feel like saying, "Hey, you have a multiplayer thing that's coming in two years. Also work on that while you're working on the main game." Just doesn't seem like a genuinely good idea. From I a think p- you're still sucking on their teeth because they've already pulled the wolves over here once. This is a fool me twice, shame on me. No, thing right but now. this is the thing that they are. They have said they are releasing. So it's just like, oh, the fact that they said they're releasing this probably interfered with development of the game because i know that as a producer when i have someone working on a a thing and i say also you have this other giant massive project that's also happening in 30 minutes that's not a good way of handling that's not a good way to manage employees i don't think and i can't help but feel like they shot themselves in the foot by saying like oh we're so we're down with the PC master race guys. Like, oh, we're so chill. We're the coolest game company ever. You know, we're not like other game companies that do it for the greed, which is their words. We're not like EA who do it for the money. We do it for the players, man. What about play? What about gamer rights? Is very much the stance of CD Projekt Red, or it was. And it's been so interesting to see the public favor shift. Yeah, I mean, just don't release a bad game ever. Who would ever want to be a giant video game company? That sounds disastrous. As soon as you fuck up once, like, everybody hates you and sends death threats to your family. How shitty is that? Yeah, and that stuff's inexcusable. (laughs) I mean, they made, made, like, a game that's, like, not great. It's, like, perfectly okay. It didn't kill my family members and rob me of all my money, you know? Like, at the end of the day, I played 50 hours of the game, and I had a middling experience. I can't... I had a 6 out of 10 experience. Yeah, that's about where I put it, too, actually. I'm going to not... even like They, they would have to do so much work and have so many fixes to convince me, like, hey, you should pick up the DLC or you should do this. Like, I'm just going to walk away, not think about it. I'll wait until someone else tells me if it's like an interesting experience that happens maybe not at all years down the road because maybe they should fix the game before they put a bunch of DLC in there. Also, Nick, we're doing a podcast. That's loud. Um, it just feels like ultimately a forgettable experience. Someone, I mean, it's not, though, because <laughs> it's a joke. I mean, sure, but, like, what happened in the story, Joey? Can you tell me? <laughs> fucking, I was mad that there was a fucking ghost in my head, and there it was in the shell or something, or, I don't know, like, cyberpunk? Like, there's not a specific moment outside the Maelstrom stuff, but, like, narratively, it just feels so weak with so much missed opportunity because they have so many nuggets and kernels of good shit in there i'm convinced that people uh have turned our episode off <laughs> and they're like man we, fuck this podcast we've been we've been too negative 
or like we uh we said a very positive thing <laughs> yeah after shitting on it for 40 minutes saying one nice thing then going back to That's shitting on it again there's only one nice thing to say you 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 buried it you buried it too far deep and now also people are like wow do they have anything nice to say at all the answer is not a ton that's okay. Sometimes these things happen, though. But how do we not just rehash what we've already said at this point? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're not wrong. But at, at what point is it like, you know, some people are having the time of, like, the guy who I uh, directed his, like, branded Let's Play of Cyberpunk, he said it was his game of the year. He probably has low IQ. That's fine. No, don't say that. That's mean. <laughs> it, <laughs> it's just, like, the fact that he had such a good time with it makes me jealous. That's what it is. Yeah, jealous that people know how to have happiness and I'm insufferable. But I'm genuinely pretty easy to please. <laughs> I'm that is that is true. I'm pretty easy to please. So the fact Nick that Nick sees chicken McNuggets and he's like, "This is the best dinner I've had in my entire life." <laughs> so the fact that it's not like I don't know. I think that really woke me up inside. Maybe I'm gonna turn into the Joker this year, and this I'm gonna be bad take Nick now. That's gonna be me. I, th- I think that your feelings of being upset are valid only. I'm not upset. I'm just I, jealous. No, I mean, I think that, that, that there were some more missed expectations because you spent. But that's on ye- me. You spent years being like, dude, I can't wait to play this. That's game. on me, though. That's a me problem. That's not a CD. Well, I guess it kind of is a CD project. Red a problem. CD project Red <laughs> problem. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just wish I cared about the world. That that's I think that's the biggest disappointment for me. Like I got a lore book from them being excited and I read through the lore book and I was like, Yeah. This feels kind of forgettable. A normal person doesn't buy a lore book for a video game that hasn't been released yet, Nick. Well, you're, I thought you're the like world was you're like the one percent. I thought the world was gonna be interesting, but once I read that lore book, I was like, Oh, this feels kinda bland. And then little did I know that that would actually be the fact that I didn't read a single article in there, really, after I tried a couple times, just speaks volumes to Nick's level of game. Because, like, how many emails did I open? How many random books that are really just shotgunned into every single room? Like, data pads with information on them. I'm like, why am I reading these? None of these are interesting. None of these are good. I never do that anyways. But to be fair, I'm like, wow, you can browse the internet in here? I'm never going to do that. Oh, the internet's awful in it. <laughs> Only River's Quest actually does anything interesting with using the internet, manipulating the internet interface that's on someone's computer. And that happens once in the game. For a game so all about being futuristic, it just feels very old and outdated representation of what the future is. You should go play GTA 4 or Fallout 4, and you'll have a better time. Oh, GTA 4 is incredible. Yeah, they're good games. Fallout 4 is... I probably also kind of broken, but like way better than Cyberpunk. Yeah, it's a more interesting world, straight up. <sighs> I wish the game was better, but oh well, life moves on. Joey, I'm glad that I'm just gonna. I'm I'm not gonna think about it for a while. I'm gonna make jokes and it's expense, and that's gonna just you know. Well, I'll just let it drift. They got your sixty bucks. That's fine. You know, they're they good. Could. I do not like that they have my sixty. That's a fair. You know what? I felt bad making fun of the game, but you know what? I gave them 60 bucks. I can say whatever I want about the game. Is that how that works? Yeah, of course. Okay, well then, <laughs> fuck you. Um, I think Just that, don't insult the developers because they work very hard. Yeah, and, I'm sure they work very hard. They're all very talented. And probably just poor management. I mean, not probably. It's poor management. It's 100% poor <laughs> management. That's just how that works. Um, 
But no death threats, anyone listening. Don't send any. No one listening sending death threats. No, I'm telling you, no one's listening at this point anyways. Um, I think that we should try and start the new year off in high spirits and really, I don't know, do something that Nick could actually be excited about instead of sitting here and shitting on for literally an hour at this point. So, um... I did something. You can call it uh, my my New Year's gift for Nick. And oh, you're so thoughtful. Well, <laughs> how dare you? I'm a very thoughtful person. <laughs> I, I I played a game which he heralds as his favorite game ever, which is a very lofty title, mind you. Uh, so I think finally on the next episode of Garbage Game Club, we will be talking about Chrono Trigger. Oh like my god! Super Nintendo Chrono Trigger, Square Enix JRPG Chrono Trigger. Now that there's other ones. And when the but. game came out, it was made by SquareSoft, actually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Square Enix happened as a merger when SquareSoft and Enix merged in the year 2000. I don't really remember, but I'm going to cut myself off in the edit. Great. I'm, uh, I, I got it in my DS and I'm ready to go. So next time we'll be back, we'll be talking about that, which hopefully will make a lot of people excited. And hopefully we will have uh, much more generally positive things to talk about. God, Johnny Silverhand's a bad character. So until next time, I'll see you in another age. We got to delve the fuck out of here, dude.